They say that your first year of teaching is your hardest, which I completely agree with. But where I got frustrated is as a multi-prep teacher is that my fifth year seemed just like my first year. And I was thinking in my mind that because I wasn't a first year teacher, like I should be much better at this. But I wasn't really aware that there are different phases of the teacher timeline. So today we're actually going to be going over an idea that Dr. Robin Jackson has written in her book, Never Work Harder Than Your Students. And I'm going to adapt it to what these phases look like and feel like as a multi-prep teacher. I'm Kristen Masick, your CTE teacher, coach, mentor, whatever it is you want to call me as I support you in your journey as a multi-prep CTE teacher. Welcome to the podcast. Maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about in addition to applying great teaching principles. Warning, in this episode, I talk a lot about curriculum and objectives and like basing what you are planning on objectives that the state or the district or someone else may give you. Now, if you don't have any of that and you're like, where the heck do I even start? Make sure that you grab my course planning cheat sheet because it will walk you through different places where you could actually find objectives if you don't have them already. And you can get that at kristenmasick.com forward slash semester and then I I also have a link in the show notes for you. Before we get started, I have got two really important things that I want to tell you. First off, you are a great teacher no matter what phase you are in. Keep moving along. I'm going to be giving you some tips and some strategies on how to move from one phase to another, but it is meant to be sequential. So you are not going to move from a novice teacher to a master teacher overnight, even within the first year of teaching. Now, some people do come in at different phases, but more likely than not, you're going to progress through those phases on the successful teacher timeline. The second thing is more of like a disclaimer, because I will say that my opinions are based on a couple of things. I have not been in the classroom for four years. So it was four years ago, which was pre-pandemic. So most of my experience is coming from that lens. Now I have been in classrooms as an assistant principal since then. So I do have a different perspective looking from the admin stance on classroom and classroom management and planning. So I just wanted to let you know that and remember it because there could be some things that I might be leaving out or forgetting, mainly because I'm not currently in the classroom, although my husband is, and I try to get his info and bounce ideas off of him as much as possible so that I can keep this podcast relevant. So we are going to dive into the first stage. And Dr. Robin Jackson says that this is called the novice phase, which is typically your first year of teaching. Now, I will also say this too, as a multi-prep teacher, you could end up being in the novice phase a lot longer. And also as we move on to the second phase, the apprentice phase, you could also be in there a lot longer just based on the fact that you are learning new content for new courses every year, or you could be. So here are some things to think about and reflect 
on if you are in the novice phase, so some characteristic. You may be using objectives from either a textbook or the state or district without real understanding of what they mean. You also might be using assessments only to evaluate performance, and then you create your tests after the unit has been taught. You might also be focusing on coverage and task completion versus the understanding. You are just trying to get through the curriculum. And unfortunately, you are more likely than not doing more work than your students. You are doing pretty much all of the work. You're setting up your labs, your assignments, your everything. And this is so that your students learn passively. Now, none of this is bad. I forgot to mention this already, I have been in all four of these phases. And quite honestly, I think I lived in this phase for several years. So I'm going to give you some tips or some things, next steps that you can do to get you moving into the next phase. So the first one is create your own lesson plans, still using that curriculum or those standards and objectives as your guide. So remember those ones that were given to you or that you found somewhere. And then secondly, realize that it's okay if you cannot get to everything. You're not going to have time and just be okay with that. You're not making like huge decisions right now, but it's a lot of like mindset of really getting okay with that. Next, you're going to choose your assignments and activities that will help your students achieve the standards. Once again, those standards that you have already have from your textbook, your state, or your district. And then finally, you're going to add in some assignments that are just for fun. And hopefully they still meet your criteria, but something that you enjoy and that your students enjoy. Moving on to the next phase, which is the apprentice. And Dr. Jackson, she says that typically this is like your second to fourth year teacher. But once again, I will say as a multi-prep teacher, more likely than not, getting stuck in phase two is very, very common. I don't even know how many years I was stuck in phase two. And really, it was probably the bulk of my teaching career. And this is probably what would make someone leave the career because this phase tends to be very frustrating. When you are in that first phase, when you're a novice, you you realize that you're a novice and you're okay with not being the best because you know you're new. Now, when it comes to being an apprentice, now you've been teaching for a little while and you feel like it should be better and it should be easier. You should have the hang of things, but it still is really hard every day. So let's go over some basic characteristics and then once again, some ways to get you from that apprentice phase into our next phase. So when it comes to your objectives, you take the time to understand what the objectives mean and you attempt to move students toward these objectives. The next thing that you may do is that you might be using assessments to inform instructional planning and then you backwards design, but does not always use the feedback to inform or adjust your instruction. Next, you are able to get through the curriculum pretty much by discarding some of the activities that do not explicitly move students toward mastery, which isn't a bad thing because you are being able to realize what are those key activities that will really support your students. 
And finally, you require that students do most of the work, including some of the work of the teacher, which is once again moving you in the right direction. So, if you're wanting to move from apprentice to the third phase, which is practitioner, here are some things that you can do. So, when you are creating your lesson plans, look at the assessment first, and then back map your plans from there. So, you are doing that backwards design, but you are starting with your assessment. The next thing that you can do is you can pick and choose from the curriculum guide or your standards and objectives, and try to cover those things that you feel are most important. The third thing is figure out what assessments you will use so that you know when your students have mastered the standards. And then finally, use the curriculum as a guide, but add in assignments that cover material that you think is important or enjoyable to either you or your students. Now let's hit into that third phase. And unfortunately, there's a lot of teachers that don't make it to the third phase, whether they choose not to continue teaching. Or they burn out, and really, this is the practitioner phase. And the book says that a lot of veteran teachers are in this phase. Now, this is once again where I would argue that some of us may not be able to get to this phase until we get super organized in phase two, so that we can actually move to phase three. Because phase three is when things start really gelling, mainly because we've got some systems and we've got some things in practice that can really make it so that we can handle teaching multiple preps. So you may unpack your objectives, but does not align. All the learning activities to these objectives, or break them down into mastery or steps towards mastery. As far as assessment goes, you may use assessment to inform instruction, but you do not always use it to provide growth-oriented feedback for your students. You may also focus on the quality rather than the quantity of making conscious decisions about what students need to know. But you could attempt to teach all the need to knows. To the level and skill above proficiency, more to the level of mastery, and then finally, when it comes to working harder than your students, you attempt to balance the workload, but still rescues students when things get too uncomfortable. So here are some things to move you from practitioner to that fourth phase of being a master teacher, according to Dr. Jackson. So the first is to use the assessment to figure out what the need to knows are. And determine how well students need to know each of those objectives. So, do they need to be proficient? Do they need to show mastery? Can they show that? Like, what does that look like? Then, plan the assessments and learning activities based on each of those objectives. Second, assess the curriculum guide and divide it into those things students absolutely need to know in order to master the learning objectives and those that are nice to know. Third, when looking at standards, try to figure out whether the standard is asking students to master the content or a process. And fourth, choose what you teach based on the assignments that you feel like will best help your students master the objectives stated in the curriculum guide or whatever you're using to plan your classroom. So now we're going to get to the characteristics of a master teacher. When it comes to standards, you see course objectives as the floor rather than the ceiling. So you clearly communicate your objectives to students and break objectives down into steps toward mastery. You then use assessments to adjust your own instructional practice, as well as to provide growth-oriented feedback to your students. 
You also focus on quality rather than quantity by making conscious decisions about what students need to know and how well they need to know it. And then finally, when it comes to working harder than your students, you appropriately distribute the work between the teacher and the students. You allow students discomfort as part as the messiness of learning. Now, there aren't really a lot of suggestions because you're not moving from phase four into a higher phase, but it is possible to move out of phase four backwards. So one suggestion that I have is that you seek out ways to continually improve your practice. And whether that is getting help from a mentor coach or just even recording yourself teaching and then really dissecting what is working well so that you can repeat that over and over again and really help once again, improve your teaching practice because you can always improve even when you are a master teacher. So as we wrap up this episode, I do want to remind you that no matter what phase you are in, you are making a difference in your students' lives just by showing up and being willing to teach. And there are various phases that you can work your way through and we all go through these phases. But sometimes we get stuck in certain phases because of the nature of our teaching position. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be going over some things to help become more productive and more sustainable in your teaching practices. So I'm excited to be sharing some things with you and I'm working on something else too. So I'm just really excited and I don't want to share anything yet until it's totally ready. So join me next week as we start talking about some of the systems and some of the things that you can put into your practice to help you move from whatever phase you're in right now until the next phase. If this episode was helpful to you, it could be for others. To help spread the word about this podcast, take a screenshot of this episode and add it to your IG stories and tag me at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week. 